Have you ever needed an important document notarized and your bank was closed? Need someone who would be reliable, punctual, and provide great customer service? Call my man Maurice over at Austin Mobile Notary, 757-325-7353, or email him at austinmobilenotary at gmail.com. Austin Mobile Notary is a new mobile after-hours and weekend notary service. Mention this podcast, Real Talk with the Six Man, and Maurice will give you a $5 credit towards your first bill. Remember, Austin Mobile Notary for convenient mobile notary services. Austin Mobile Notary, y'all. Check them out. Six Man. Y'all be easy. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I got a, I got a nice, um, I got a nice show today, man. Um, I like to keep it community based. I like to keep um, everything educational, um, just in terms of um, one of the biggest things in our community that we have right now is lack of knowledge. We don't know what's out here because you know it might not present itself or it might not be advertised. So it's one of these things that you know you just stumble across, and I feel like it's. Um, it's not by chance because each and every one of us have that family member, has that circle of friends and something that they do. And there's always something different that you may not know or may not have known that they do. So I stumbled upon this D.C. jewel called Educare D.C. Um, and it's a, um, well, you know what? I was going to try to explain to you what it is, but I have somebody here that's going to help me explain what it is and kind of go in detail what they do here and what they provide for D.C. and the residents of D.C. So, Jay, good morning. How you doing? Good morning. I'm good. So, first and foremost, it's been a long time since I've seen you. So, good job. <laughs> I mean, when I, when I, when I thought about um, one of your posts, um, it was talking about, um, I want to say it was talking about date aftercare. Mm-hmm. And you were kind of just advocating, you know, how the importance of it was for parents. And um, it was a picture with some strollers and stuff. So, mm-hmm. I was reading. Mm-hmm. I was like, what is, what is this? So, then, and, and then my mind took me somewhere else. But maybe... I don't know, a few weeks later, um, I, I came back to the picture. And I was like, you know what? I think I need to talk about this because I had met a lady and she was saying how um, expensive aftercare, daycare was. And then when uh, we took um, Gianna on our experience of getting her in kindergarten, we you know, we visited schools. We did um, the open houses. Her mother asked questions. I had questions. As a parent, you, you have those questions. And you just want to know what's this, what's that. And I know aftercare... And before care is one of those things that, you know, um, it, it's kind of included with the tuition because it's like if you at work, who's going to watch your child Absolutely. until you get there or vice versa. When you drop them off, sometimes it's earlier than you go to work, but still it's like you got to pay for that. Mm-hmm. So it's not mm-hmm. included. So um, I just wanted to, you to talk about briefly a little bit about um, how important the daycare <clears throat> and the child care you know, aspect is. And that movement that you're trying to push, and then we'll get into the whole Educate DC thing. Absolutely. So um, the event that I was posting on was Strolling Thunder, and that's an opportunity for advocates who are supporting um, access to quality child care um, for everyone. And we're putting families, like you said, you were thinking about um, before and after care and the extra expense. Well, there are a lot of families that are facing that same um, situation when they're sitting at the dining room table. And it's like, 
why do we have to um, sacrifice our children having access to quality childcare when right. our children are our future? Right. It's an investment. Um, and so it's about raising awareness about the importance of the children's foundational years, which is typically, some say it's just zero to three, some say it's zero to seven, depending on who you talk to. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it's about having, giving everybody that even playing field to have quality access to um, childhood development, early childhood education. Mm. And so, how, I mean, how has it gone so far? I mean, has, have, have you had any um, volunteers come in? Have you had anybody questioning, um, you know, what you guys are trying to push? Or, I mean, has it, any, has it been any positive feedback, negative feedback? Well, there's always positive <clears throat> feedback because that is a movement that um, – is uh, a, a, let's say it's a simultaneous movement to Educare. So Educare supports that movement, okay. but we are actually the action behind that movement. Okay. So um, who we are is we are a early Head Start and Head Start program servicing the communities of Ward 7 and Ward 8, and we provide free access to quality early childhood education. Oh, wow. So we are focusing free, on... Free, like free 99? Free 99. Wow. The only thing that our parents provide is change of clothing. So from the, you know, formulas, diapers, pull-ups, um, well-rounded uh, meals, um, linen, all of that we take care of. Mm. Um, but that is because we are focusing on a particular community group that would more than likely not be able to afford those things before that access any other way. So that is the mission of Educare. So we are an engine that is a part of the movement, um, like Strolling Thunder. Okay. Or and, zero to three. And so it says that the uh, that 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 the property here is thirty two thousand square feet, mm -hmm. and it actually um, approximately holds one hundred and fifty seven infants, toddlers, and preschoolers, mm -hmm. and their families. Now you guys have an elementary school right next door. Was mm -hmm. that planned? Well, the purpose of Educare, because it is a coast-to-coast, -coast, we are a national organization. Um, Educare DC is the only particular Educare for the DMV, but we are nationwide. Um, and their goal is to plant themselves next to a... Um, uh, elementary school That's so the more. next so the next level of the educational right journey there. because it's all it's intentional um, psychologically and physically right okay. so we want to make sure that um, our families our children always have their eyes um, on the next level of education but then also we want to make sure that there's a means to do that <clears throat> now typically most of our families go through the DC lottery so they go into the charter school system I did not but we know. do have some families that know. go there and so I did not know that that whole I didn't know what that was. Mm -hmm. I mean, her mother was like, "Yeah, well, we got to do this. We got to we got to get on this lottery. We got to get it." I was like, "Wait, mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. thought back in the day you just just went to school. Just <laughs> your, your mother just took your shots yes. and your records. Yes. You took them to the office. Yes. They got your name yes. and your address, 
This is where you going to school. Yeah. Now it's not like that. No, it's not. And, you know, and it's a new concept for me because, um, you know, I'm a native of PG County, of okay. Maryland. And so we operate a little different. But the purpose of um, my understanding of the lottery is, you know, in PG, we go by our zones. Right. This allows for the families of the District of Columbia to be able to have access to um, schools that are not necessarily boundary in schools. their boundaries, right. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. right. And so, and so her school, her bound, her, her, what do they call it? Her, uh, the school where she would register mm-hmm. so we can get in the lottery mm-hmm. and get mm-hmm. in that. You mm-hmm. know, we had to go there and it was just like, um, I was just like, what? Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and it's cool, you know, that, you know, the co-parenting relationship has gotten extremely better to the point where we were both tactically involved mm-hmm. in everything mm-hmm. in her life and it's like going through these open houses and asking these different questions mm-hmm. it makes you think like wow like my my biggest thing is um is security mm-hmm. my biggest thing is absolutely kids are you know Safety getting in school important. getting killed and mm-hmm. so so we went to this one school that was on andrews air force base and mm-hmm. instantly when i pull up on the base and showing my id and all that i instantly feel safe right but it was some flaws at the school because it was some some things that we want her to be involved in now, not later. Like we had an immersion school that was going to teach her Spanish off the break. Absolutely. Right. But then this school was saying, no, we're going to wait until they're in second or third grade. Right. And I'm like, no, nah, she need that now. Mm-hmm. Like we want her to be bilingual by the time she's 10. Mm-hmm. So if we go somewhere and need to ask somebody something, Gianna, ask her um, mm-hmm. and she can, and she can do it. So when mm-hmm. she get a job, and she put on that application, you know, are you bilingual? Yes. Mm-hmm. That puts her in the upper echelon Absolutely. for other people. So, you know, security was very high on my list, but you know, you know, learning and getting immersed in this stuff quickly is what I wanted. Absolutely. So you know, when we talk about um DC mm-hmm. seven and eight, mm-hmm. we know that some of the families here, and I'm glad you said free, you know, have that poverty thing where you know, they, they feel like um, they have to take their kids to the, you know, the neighborhood school. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How, how how does Educate get the free 99 part out and, you know, use that as a segue to get you in? But how important is it to get it to those communities or to those people that don't know about educating, mm-hmm, you know, how mm-hmm. they operate and, you know, how you get enrolled and all that stuff? Absolutely. And that's a good question because I am... Um, running into that a lot where it's like we're the best kept secret, right? So not only is it because of our physical location, um, being here off of Foot Street and um, the development that's taking place back here, it doesn't necessarily look like the community it once was. Um, we are seven years young. <laughs> it does not. <laughs> right? I pulled up. I was right? like, wait. <laughs> I thought this was Nellie Helen Burrow. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And then they building houses right here. Absolutely. And I saw the sign and it said um, starting at 400000 mm-hmm. So you know what my mindset went, but mm-hmm. that's another conversation. That's another conversation yeah. for another day. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah so, um, and we've been here, we're seven years young. Um, uh-huh. But okay. what we try to do is utilize our community partnerships. So um, our community partnerships is twofold. is one, being able to get the word out about our services, okay. but also to um, provide comprehensive services to our families so we partner with PNC we partner with an organization called Lyft not the Uber transportation Lyft but um, it's actually a financial coaching for one on one um, development around financial health for our families Um, ESIN which is um, an organization that focuses on mental health and um, 
you know, healthy parenting um, te- techniques for our parents. Um, we also work with Two Rivers. Um, we s- support Virginia Williams families, which are some of the um, shelters. Uh, I mean, we just we just try to branch out and extend our arms and our and lock hands with some of the other community partners who are probably more established in the community. Okay. And then we do some grassroots, some footing, um, you know, footwork. But then also we. Any business, the the people that you serve, your client base, your customer base, whatever category you want to put them in, mm-hmm. um, they are always going to be your best billboard. So our families, um, because they have had you know great great results in their children's development and education, they spread the word. So we do get a lot of referrals from other um, from our families that are either current families or their children have graduated on and moved up the ladder. They always send um, family friends back to us and that's what we want we want to be that community that community support when it comes to the the basement level of our children's um development right and so i'm looking at um lift now and it says that it operates in chicago dc los angeles and new york mm-hmm. and so that looks like you know that's great build and be something bigger there um you know, more impactful than people may think. Absolutely, because, you know, what we do is we don't just focus on the child. The child is paramount and it's important, but the first teacher for a child is their parent. Right. So our approach, one thing that sets us apart is that we focus on the family as a whole. So um, when our families are enrolled into our program, they are assigned a family engagement specialist. And the first thing we do is we sit down and we talk to you as a parent. What are the goals for your family, but what are your needs? And then that way we're able to link you with some of our resources to support you because when mom and dad feel successful, they feel like they're hitting their marks and their goals, then that trickles down to the energy of the the family, to the child, right? And so with that, we we provide these resources to help the family be able to positively evolve um, and not be limited to what they have seen in their environment. Because remember the community that we're working with, we have to change the mindset. We talked earlier about perception and perspective, but it's by the lens of what you're looking through and your lens isn't only shaped by your experiences. So we want to give our families some different experiences so that way they can change and kind of cha- um, rework the the cycle, if you will, for their children and what they are exposed to and how they look at life and how they look through experiences and their attitude about Lisa education. Yuri, can you please come to room 118? So with that being said... Um, we have the community partners that help, but then also we encourage our parents to be involved in the learning experience. Right. Because if they have a healthy, positive attitude around education, guess what? The child will as right. well. And our mission is to develop lifelong learners. Right. Um, and we could talk about, I don't want to just like continue to go, but like we do some things to help build that foundation as well for the long haul, not just from you know six weeks to five, but what happens when that when that child now is eighteen and graduating? How do we you know keep having a footprint and a um, a hand in that part of their development? As so well? it's good that you mentioned that because when when we when we did the when we did the um the open houses, mm-hmm. a lot of the facilitators were basically like you know this is a partnership mm-hmm. between us, you, and your child. Mm-hmm. So we actually have 
you know, um, homework assignments. Absolutely. That we want you to do with your child, not necessarily for the education of your child, but for you to be partnered in what we do with your child. So I was just like, I hadn't heard of that. You know what I mean? And so when we went to school, you know, people tend to, you know, get me confused for a 30 year old. I'm not Mm. sure why. (laughs) But, you know, when I went to school, it was just basically you came home, you did your homework if you could, if your mother was out working. You did what you could. Yep. You went outside. Yep. You know, if she got home late, she might have, you know, remembered to go over it with you if she could. If mm-hmm. not, you just went to school with incomplete homework. Your teacher would help you get you to understand what it was. And so when you get other homework and you remember, you're like, mm-hmm. okay, I got that. So I'm just thinking back then, you know, what if we would have got that exactly. partnership, right? And so it goes into that generational, you know, yeah. wealth. You know, um, generation of knowledge. Yes, I mean, just generationally, yes, we've missed yes. the mark. You know, so I'm now thinking about my daughter. She's mm-hmm. five, and on here, it says uh, you guys take children from birth up to five years old. Mm-hmm. And so her being five to me is like now she she and her generation are actually getting ready to. They I think they are going to be the next leaders Absolutely. of this country. Of, of course, you know of what course, I mean. Yeah. And so I'm glad they're getting the type of, you know, partnerships and the mm-hmm. type of education that they're getting because the little one says stuff sometimes, you know, out the blue. And I'm just like, who taught you how to yeah. say that? I mean, it, it, it's a clear, thoughtful sentence, not like just something rambling. She looked up at the sky one day. She was like, Dad, isn't that crescent beautiful? I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm driving, and I'm looking at the crescent, and I'm looking in the rearview mirror at her. I'm like, yeah. But at the same time, it's a beautiful thing Absolutely. because it's like the stuff that they are learning, the stuff that we give them as parents. Then they take it and go another yeah. level with it because I, you know, I look at crescents, but I don't look at them. Yeah. But when she looked at it and said beautiful, I was yeah. like, well, it yeah. is kind of, you know amazing that mm-hmm. and then you start thinking like how does it do that and how why is it pointed on this side and that mm-hmm. so it's just good to see that so um the partnership part that you were talking about now like how important do you think that is now even when they leave here because mm-hmm. you know um middle school junior high oh, yeah. school high school there is no real partnership there for the child so how does i mean do you think that the parent will with that foundation, would they take that on, mm-hmm. you know, allowing themselves to be partnered with the teacher or partnered mm-hmm. with the school just to make sure? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, does that impact other parents to do the same thing? Or? Yeah. Well, I mean, you touched on a lot of good stuff. And you're right. What you're observing is the evolution, right? And so our children are exposed to so much more than we were exposed to at that time. But it goes back like to... Like And it's like this, yes. right? Because, again, we're receiving so much information um, and think about when you watch the news and right. just a five minute segment, how right. much information are you really receiving? And so the beautiful thing about the human brain is that we it's it's a sponge. It's going to soak up and absorb as much as you get right. if you give it. And, you know, our children come into the world as blank sheets of paper. Right. So you um, depend it depends on you who what their journal entry look like, right. you know, and the more you give That's it, the more they will take it. I like the way it. you put that. You know, it's. Blank paper. Yeah. And then we, we shape that. And so a lot of times in parenthood, um, we we think about the noun, but mm-hmm. really what we have the responsibility is shaping an individual who is going to be impactful in this world, right? right? And so that's why I gave you the sheet about 
ACEs, and it's about adverse childhood experiences. And so whatever happens from age zero up into five, like I said, some people believe it's zero to seven, mm -hmm. but whatever happens in those core years can really set the foundation <clears throat> of who this child is going to look like as an adult. Mm -hmm. Are they going to have healthy relationships? How are they going to manage stress, even down to their physical composition? Um, you know, are, how are they going to maintain um, employment? Are they going to be self-driven? Right. All of those are shaped in those zero to five years. So having that partnership that you're speaking of is so critical crucial because like I said before the parent leads that charge they I mean it doesn't matter what you got going on in your life to that child, you're their superhero, yeah. right? Yeah. So that you are the model that they have. So yeah. how you deal with life situations is typically going to be how they approach it until something may come and direct them in a different direction. So when we take on the ownership and the responsibility of that from that perspective, then that really gives us the power to shape tomorrow right. because our children are tomorrow. Right. And so you're absolutely right. Um, they're going to be on a totally different thinking pattern yes. than we were. Yes. Because, I mean, you think about, like, one of my best friends, um, she, her daughter, I remember we were at James's graduation okay. um, dinner, and Mika's, mm -hmm. Mika's baby, mm -hmm. and um, she had the tablet. And you know how we had back in the day where you had the blocks, and it mm -hmm. was like you had to put the shape in mm -hmm. the correlating mm -hmm. shape, right? Mm -hmm. So you had a circle, and you had to put it in the circle hole. Mm -hmm. Well, they have it on the tablet now. And she's just like, and this is, she was even two yet and she's like boom boom yeah. boom you know just putting it in those places and I'm like wow you know but that's because that's what she's exposed to she right. knows no different right. just like you know with with Gianna you want her to be um learning Spanish she absolutely can because right. she won't know anything right. different I mean so, she, she starts saying colors in Spanish in the house I was like what absolutely Rojo. I was A like what yes. color is that that's red yes Okay. Yes. So in my mind, I call T man. I say T man. Yeah, wifey. Uh, I'm gonna have to come over there, and sit Gianna down with wifey, so yep. she can, you know. He was like, man, bring her through. Yeah. So I try to take her over there with um, Layla all the time, yes. even though Layla, then you know, that's her. That's her. You know, her. Um, her. Um, I don't want to say birth language, but that's her native tongue, right? Yeah. So she knows English, but, but I'm pretty sure her, her mother. But think about it. What makes her any different? Than Gianna. Right, that's true. That's you see true. what I'm saying? That's true. So if Gianna grew up in the household with Cecilia, she wouldn't know that that's exactly. a, any different. My point. So my point in being is that when they come into this world, right. even to acknowledge that they are different from um, a Latina to an African American, they don't know that. Right. That is all what we deposit right. into in the them. In, in them, right? So they will absorb and they will take on all that we give them, right? right. So that to to me, that means like wow, like sky's the limit <laughs> for right. real. Right. Um, and, but it's also a huge responsibility. And so, um, you know, you brought up <clears throat> generational um, curses, legacy, all of those things. It's all cyclical. So we repeat um, what we have been exposed to and the community in which we serve unfortunately they have had some of these categories of right. aces oh, they right? Have. right so we want to the, the big one was depression anxiety uh, suicide and PTSD. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, they may have, and this is a, it's always exceptions to the rule, but we have to look at the whole. You know, they may have had exposure to, you know, domestic violence or drug and alcohol abuse right. or because it's what 
you know, even just the financial struggle. Exactly. And, you know, and a lot of times the drug and alcohol abuse or um, some of those things, they come from the, the real nut and bolt is the financial struggle, exactly. right? And so we try to alleviate them having that one piece of worry, which is making sure that their children get access to quality education. Mm. And so that's why our program is free. And that's why we have this community because we could take this program and put it in, you know, uh, Northwest or Capitol Hill right. and charge big dollars. Right. But what does that do? Right. What what purpose does that serve? Right. You know, how does that change and move the mark to even the playing field so every child has access to a bright future? So even though you say that you guys are nationally, right, but now that you are nestled here in D.C., how does a program like this get expanded in the city? Great question. So we actually just got approved for a grant because that's one of the things that we do is always look for because we, again, we're a free program, so the money has to come from somewhere, right? right? So um, our Early Head Start program is federally funded, and okay. then our pre-K program is privately funded. Okay. Um, and so we actually went out for a grant and got approved where we now can take our best practices and expand them to some other Early Head Start programs within the area. So that doesn't need... They're going to actually become um, identical to Educare. They'll still have their own culture, their own identity, but we're going to introduce them to how we do right. um, early Head Start because the data has proven we are a data-driven. We're a data-driven program, so proof is in the numbers that we do we do success here. So we want to share that so that way our families in this community, because you're right, we only can host a limited amount of students, right. but how do we take? Let's be innovative. How do we take what we do and expand it, even though we were limited by the brick and mortar of this building? Right. So we do have. We've established those relationships. It's very new. This is very infant stage um, information. Um, but w w hopefully, within the next year, we will have those other. Um, early childhood facilities up and running and kind of mirroring. Um, what we do here, and so and so, I, so I went on the site right, and I I did I, I didn't do a lot of digging, but I went through um, the preliminary stuff that I felt like I wanted to talk to you about. And I know one of the things that I always talk to people about in general is leadership. Mm -hmm. So go in and talk about the executive director a little bit, and just you know, you know, just try to you know, just you know, is is you know, leadership. I, I, I give you a prime example. So when I'm at church. When I'm at church, I look at uh, our pastor as the leader of the church, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so when I say leadership, I don't necessarily mean from a, um, like from a, um, what's the word? What, how can I put this? Not from a personal mm -hmm. um, perspective, but just overall, mm -hmm. like, you know, the leadership of the school, how does everybody kind of, mm -hmm. you know, everybody's main focus is what? Okay. Yeah. So our executive director is Piper Davis, who is absolutely amazing. Um, she is, I mean, she has so much fire under her um, as an advocate for not just educating what we do, but the early childhood um, education, the early learning development process. Um, and she's a powerhouse and she goes out there and she speaks the truth. Um, and sometimes it's hard truth and it's truth that legislation doesn't want to hear, but someone yeah. has to have, you know, the strength, the courage to speak and be an advocate for these children who don't have necessarily their voice yet. Right. So, um, 
um, we have our executive director, Piper Davis, and then we have our now deputy school director, Jamal Berry, um, who his background is all in early childhood education. He was actually in the classrooms at one point. And I think that's important because one of the things that I believe we do well in our leadership, so it is, it's on point, but it's a little off, is that we um, practice what we preach. So right. again, our focus is to develop lifelong learners. Well, we provide that opportunity to our staff here, our okay. teaching staff, our leadership staff, what have you. So our um, executive, um, our deputy director, Jamal Barry, he actually was in the in the footprint of our teaching staff. So when he is um, coaching them, when he is professionally developing them, he's coming from a place of ex of true experience because he was once in their shoes. Oh, wow. And so okay. he has moved up very quickly because he's so brilliant um, and he's so passionate about this movement. Um, so now he is the deputy director. And then we have, you know, what some would consider like a vice principal. We have Ms. Newman um, who who works really hands-on, hands-on hands -on with the day-to-day -day with our teaching staff. Some of our points of difference about our um, leadership team is that we also have uh, three um, uh, instructional coaches okay. and so they work um, in the classroom one-on-one -on -one with our teaching team that is okay. in the classroom with this with the children um, and they develop them so okay. everyone is developing from a very layered approach um, and so they are masters in early childhood education and so they go in they do classroom observations and then they work each each teacher gets one-on-one -on -one time and <clears throat> how to develop their teaching style and with our classroom structure we actually I brag a little bit about this when I'm talking with our parents because it is something that as a parent when my children were younger was important to me is that we actually exceed the requirements for um, our teaching credentials as well as our teaching ratio okay so um, we have three um, teaching staff members in the classroom at all times. Okay. Um, and our lead teacher has a minimum of a bachelor's degree. Most of them have masters. Oh, wow. Um, our, our assistants have their associates. Some of them um, are either they obtain their bachelor's or they're in process for bachelor's okay. and then our aides have their certification okay. and so one of the things that we do because we do try to provide upward mobility in our organization okay. um, is that we put them on the path of how to continue to advance their credentials. I was going to ask that because I mean when when I start managing you know it, it didn't it didn't really get good to me until I start realizing how you could you know change somebody's path to get them you know, to, to, to look at things, one, mm -hmm. a different way, but to keep going. Yeah. So it's like, you know, once I start realizing that, I knew, okay, if I was a supervisor, I got to some, some some way, somehow, find another person that I can train to get to where I am mm -hmm. so I can move up. Absolutely. I can't I can't just expect to move up, and then when I leave, it's nobody in my footprint, and I'm right. still going to be where I started it from. So yeah. I'm glad that you said the aides, you know, typically, you know, move yep. up and, and do that. So... And with that being said, the class size, I saw mm -hmm. on the on the website that the class sizes are small. And I mm -hmm. know doing some of the open houses, that was the main question. Yeah. How many kids are going to be in a class? Yeah. How many teachers to a class? Yeah. And one of the schools that we went to said that it's one teacher, two aides, 20 kids to a class. I was like, yeah, huh? Yeah. And that's not how we, we don't focus like that. So up into um, our pre-K program, our class size is eight. So that's three to eight, wow. right? Okay. Um, and we're technically required to have two to eight 
but we do the three. Okay. And again, that's that same tier system, okay. master, um, or excuse me, lead, um, assistant, and aide. Okay. And then when we go to pre-K, we still keep it at three. Now, okay. we, we could definitely lessen it. Because right. the kids are older, older. but right. again, because we want to, we focus on um, continuity of care, right. um, and we also want to make sure that our we're, we're serving a different population. So our program also caters to children who have learning disabilities, behavioral challenges, and stuff oh, like okay. that. So we want to make sure that our classroom is fully supported and that the children get the individual attention that they need. So in our pre-K class, we have pre-K 3 and pre-K 4, um, we have uh, we go up to 20. Mm-hmm. So between 16 and 20 is the class size, and then we have the three um, teaching members in the classroom at all times. Okay. And that's at all times. So, you know, if our teacher has to use the restroom, they will they will walkie someone so that way we always stay Got it. in in ratio because integrity of how we operate is super important. And so um I was I was I was listening and um um I was thinking about just in regards of um the the teaching aspect and having that small classroom size, how important do you think it is to to the child to have that that smaller classroom size mm-hmm. versus I mean I mean we we learned mm-hmm. but you know we had thirty kids to a class mm-hmm. with one teacher mm-hmm. and so asking you know questions about how many teachers are going to be to a class mm-hmm. and twenty kids I mean I wasn't really skeptical but when I thought about it, I started thinking about me and how much I learned yeah. when I was in school so how important is it to have that yeah. small I think it's super important because guess what? You're going to always have that child that isn't as vocal, that's going to sit back in the classroom and, you know, just float through. And when you... What you you trying to say, Jay? You talking about me? I'm not talking about you. (laughs) But, you know, I mean, I know know some children that are like that. Shoot, my brother, um, God rest his soul, um, he was that child. And back then they didn't have, you know, the classifications that they have now of ADD or ADHD or, you know, they didn't have individual development plans. They didn't have that understanding back then. But so he was that one that just waited to the bell rang, you know, because the class size, the teacher is going to focus on, and I once was um, a teacher, so I know that you you tend to gravitate to the teacher, to the students that are hungry and who are participatory, but what about that child that isn't? And most times, that's the child that really needs the most attention. But, you know, being human, if you are one teacher to 30, how do you stretch yourself that thin and be totally in tune to every single individual? Because, yes, it is a classroom, but that is a classroom filled with different personalities, different individuals, different backgrounds, different home experiences. That's really dynamic, and that's a heavy ask for a school system to ask that one teacher to be successful in tapping into and making a difference in all of those lives. And everybody wants to be successful. So I think on so many different levels, from the teacher standpoint to the student standpoint, when you set up the structure in that manner, you're not really setting up for true success. Right. And I think when it comes to education, success shouldn't be something that should be sacrificed. Because, again, this is an investment into our future. We all are going to, we all have an expiration date. So who's going to keep our overall, as a nation, as a population legacy going? It's our children, you know? So we have to make sure that we keep them at the focal point. And making sure that they are well-equipped through quality education is is the best way to do that. Right. And so I was reading 
reading this book, and it's called um, How Great uh, Successful Thinkers Think. Mm -hmm. And so just, you know, I, I've done a few episodes, and everybody, you know, when they talk about thinking or just thinking about doing something different, it's always that one phrase. Change the mindset. Yeah. Change the, the mindset. Mind. Mm -hmm. Change the mindset. So I'm happy to hear a lot of the structured stuff that's here versus some of the stuff that I may have heard from other schools or stuff that other people may be doing or, you know, whatever the case yeah. may be. So, I mean, I, I'm happy that you took some time with me just to share because I'm pretty sure my listeners will probably, you know, um, have some have heard some information that they haven't heard you know, before mm -hmm. about this place. I mean, even though it's been here seven mm -hmm. years, when I went online, I was like, "Yeah." as much yeah. as I drive past yeah. this, this stretch of highway right on here, 295, mm -hmm. I never knew this mm -hmm. was it. It's a jewel. And so when I when I pulled up, you know, I was like, <laughs> where am I? Yeah. Like, I remember the, 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 the Pepco stuff mm -hmm. right here, but then when I look across the street, I'm just like... Wow, right? Evolution. Okay. Evolution. And we got to make sure that everybody um, has the ability to keep up with that evolution. You right. know, we say we promote no child left behind, but are we really? Are we really living that? And, you know, it's programs like this, which is why I'm, I'm grateful that I can be a part of this process because um, it, it just... For example, there's a book that's called One Degree, right? And so the difference between hot and boiling is one degree. Mm. All it takes is that one degree of movement to create a positive change, right? So part of it is your amazing podcast, spreading the word, letting people, sharing knowledge that people may not have had before. But, you know, being a part of that movement that's going to impact our future for the long haul, um, give access to people who would more than likely not have right, that right. you know reach back we were fortunate you know we were, we were really fortunate we probably didn't feel like that at the moment we did but reality we really, we really were and so you know how we can make we a change that really wanted to see us they, they be wanted successful. to teach yeah. and, and, you and know, if you didn't want to learn guess what they guess made what? you they made and you and they called your parents and they checked in yeah. on them to make sure you did your homework <laughs> Yeah, exactly, but society's a little different. Some of it these is. teachers are scared. It is. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I, I hear some horror stories, yeah, and, I, I, and I think I may end up, you know, maybe doing an episode and just letting some of the teachers that I know, you know, kind of talk about some of the stuff that they deal with because it was one online, and she was just kind of saying, you know, Kevin, they disrespectful. Yeah. They use the F word. Yeah. And then I saw a video this morning where I think it was a teacher who took a young man's phone because he wasn't paying attention. He yeah. went off. yeah. Threw his papers all across the room, got in his face, called him, yeah. you know, the B word, pushed him in the face. And I was just yeah. like, you know. But see, that's a deeper conversation because we have to get the root to, to the root to any solution is always understanding the why. Right. Right. So what is different? Because they always say it's nothing new under the sun, but there is still a difference in why was why didn't we do that? Right. There was a level of respect right. that does not exist today. So going right. back to why, right. what is the difference? So yes, our children have access and exposure to things that are putting their brain um, at a higher level or at a quick, a higher level more quickly than we did. But there is something else that's falling by the wayside, which is something I'm really passionate about because we got to get back to our values, right. and that comes from you know family environment, exposure, external. Right. Um, internal external uh, influences right. and how do we balance the scales where yes we are moving forward um, <clears throat> you know in our mindset mm -hmm. um, but how do we not lose sight of the core values 
that matter as well for the soft skills because you know my concern is and why I'm thankful to be in early childhood education is because when I was in adult education and I was getting the the children who were 18 19 20 I had to focus before I could even get into the um, curriculum that I was teaching I had to go back and teach them the soft skills because you can go into this workforce and you can have all the technical ability that you you know fill your tank up with but if you don't have the soft skills Mm Um, you're 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 gonna you're gonna sink. So yeah. sink or swim. Yeah. So we have to get back to how do we balance, create that balance scale of making sure that these children, yes, their technology, <clears throat> you know, they're technologically advanced, they're academically advanced, but we also got to make sure that they have the character that backs right. that up as well. Right. Yeah. And I and I told somebody one time that. To me, character is everything. It's I feel everything. like when you die, that's what people remember your character, who you mm-hmm. were. So um, that's I think that's really important, man. Yeah. Look, I'm 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 look. I, you know me. I'm I'm happy because I feel like any opportunity that people give me to put something new out there, right. you know, is a blessing for me and the people who may listen to it. So I, I mean, I don't know what's in store. Mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, where this journey is taking me. I'm just kind of like I, I I did a um, uh, what you call it when you uh, say something and uh, what do they call that? Um, um, dang, I forgot what they call it anyway. So, but a guy had gave me this um, this phrase. He was like, "Just imagine a train, mm-hmm. and when it starts up, right?" Mm-hmm. He was like, "You know, if it's if it's if it hasn't really got its engine up, you know, you can throw a rock on it, you can throw a stick on it, and we talking about a big locomotive. Yeah, yeah, It'll stop yeah, it." Yeah. He said, "But once it gets its momentum and its yes, speed, yes, anything that comes on that track is a wrap." And I tell anybody that now that I'm on this train and it's kind of building momentum. If I put my hand out, just grab my hand because mm-hmm. I can take you with me. But if not, mm-hmm. I got to keep, keep going. moving. You know That's what I mean? Right. And so in the process of me moving, I want to um, still drop off some nuggets here and there mm-hmm. so people can have them and not say that I didn't give back. Because I feel like, I, I mean, when people say K-Dog, it's like it takes me back to a place that I remember that dude. But guess what? I've always been the dude I am today. I just was in a different environment and my mindset was different. Yeah, absolutely. And so now that the mindset has changed, it's like when people see me now, they be like, look at my man. Joe, my man is really... So it's exciting for me. So again, I thank you for, you know, just taking some time with me and telling everybody about, uh, telling everybody about this little Jew that's here in, um, in, in D.C. And just hope that, um, you know, if there's anything I can do, um, you know, with the kids or if you need me in any aspect, let me know. Because, I mean... You know, quiet has kept me and Mel J, you know, might be cooking up something. And, you know, I haven't really told anybody yet, but I'll go ahead and tell you that I'm thinking about starting a nonprofit. Amen. And doing a mentorship Amen. program uh, with a um, focus on IT. Amen. So, I love it. Yeah. yeah, that's big stuff. And yeah. that's what we're all designed to do, right? I mean, you we all started seedlings. And, right. um, you know, you put a seed in soil and it's going to grow into an oak tree. Right. You keep a seed on a windowsill and it'll never come to fruition so you know just keeping your soil rich you know identifying those people who are fertilizers and those who are you know rocks that are going to prevent the the growth but i think that's what it's all about is evolution of who we are because kevin has always been in there right so now kevin is starting to grow and and come to the forefront and so now it's so super important for him to be around those that are going to fertilize that and take it to the next level 
because like I said, it's that one degree, it's that one person of change. Um, and I'll just share one of my favorite quotes. I have it here by Steve Job, and it says, um, Steve Job, the people who think they are crazy enough to change the world are the ones that actually do. Oh, yeah, and, that's, and he said that so, in the movie. Yes. Yeah, and when he said that, I pushed pause. I was yep. like, wait, what? Absolutely. Oh, all right, that was mm-hmm. Jazz Beats, Yeah. And so it's like when I talk to different people now, I mean, I jot down stuff. I'm noticing that when I look online, I'm like, oh, let me put a pin on that because it's like stuff that in- intrigues me. So I'm like, mm-hmm. if it intrigues me and if I can give it dialogue, why not? Exactly. So that's kind of what I'm doing now. So somebody was like always asking me like, you know, when you say be better than you were yesterday, what does that mean? I would mm-hmm. say it simply means that if you wake up <clears throat> and like today and you, you run a red light, you have an argument with somebody, you could have, you know, changed the, 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 the outcome of that situation. If you get breath tomorrow, yes. why not wake up and be better that than you were, were yesterday? Absolutely. And that's kind of just... It's the four agreements. Yeah. So when I when I um was looking for um my intro, which I'll add on here later on, I met two guys, I interviewed them somewhere else. And then I ended up interviewing myself, and I, I was like, I got this track, and I just, I, I, it's music, but it's, it's nothing on it. They was like, man, just give it to us. Mm-hmm. And I gave it to them, Jay, and when they gave it back to me, I was just like, I mean, a tear came out of my eye, because I was like, when people say, you know, you know, um, that we're not talented, or we don't, you know, have certain skills, it, it, it just blows my mind that these two young men took a track, did an interview with me one time, mm-hmm. and, and gave me this intro, mm-hmm. and I was just like, what? Mm-hmm. So it was just, you know. So I feel like as long as I'm on this path, as long as I'm on this journey, I'm gonna keep going mm-hmm. until it until it stops. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It stop. So then, yes. I mean, I I don't know. Yep. Well, I'm so thankful that you uh-huh. even thought it was you know worthy of um, addressing and oh, yeah. talking about. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's so many different layers to to this, but um, our children they are our future. Oh, yeah. That sounds cliche, but it is so real. And the more and more people uh, become aware and become a, a part of the movement, whether you're a parent or not, mm-hmm. grandparent, godparent, Whoever. auntie, community leader, yeah. you know, we can really change the world by, you know, changing and positively planting good seeds into the soils of the minds of our children. That's true. Hey, look, so look, man, if y'all if y'all looking for a spot, free 99, you, you hear me? I, I, listen. I can't say this. I can't say this enough. Free ninety nine. Okay, you go to their website, you look them up, and you you know you get in here, get your child in here, and uh, get right. So Jake, just give them, I guess, website, phone number. Um, if somebody wanted to talk to you, how would they get in contact with you to talk to get somebody here? Then. You know, we'll go from there. Absolutely. So, um, my name is Jay Fawn Hood. I am the enrollment coordinator. So, I would be pretty much your first point of contact. Um, my direct number is 202-741-5224. Um, email is enrolldc um, at educaredc.org. And our website is www.educaredc.org. There you go. Hey, listen, y'all, it's one of them jewels that's in D.C. that don't nobody know about. It's seven years old. But that free 99 need to expand throughout the city, man, because there's a lot of, you know, kids out there that's that need this type of upbringing, need this type of foundation. I know sometimes when I'm with the homies, we always look at the youngest and say, man, they ain't got no structure. But at the end of the day, it's really what they need. And if they get it young, you know, you know, before, you know, um, I would say before age 10, it's very important because after age 10, it just gets, 
I don't want to say it gets worse, but in my in my case, it got it got a lot worse, and it took me a lot to um, experience before I got to where I am now. So I just want to be able to give that back and get that structure in, in place before these kids had to go down that path. So Jay, again, I appreciate you letting me come. It's the Six Man. I'm at Educate DC, y'all. Make sure y'all come through and check them out. Peace. Chapur's Clothing is a new stylish black-owned brand established in 2016. They explore unfamiliar territories in the clothing industry by tailoring their Euro Street vibe into their entire product line to enrich their vision to their customers and all of their clients. In a world where you can be anything, Chapur's says, be you, be versatile. Chapur's clothing can also be found at www.shopchapurisclothing.com. And Chapur's clothing is also an official partner of this show. Real talk with the six man. Chapur's, be you, be versatile.